Hello and welcome to Mortgage Insider from Barclays, the podcast series for mortgage brokers. I'm Phil Spencer. You may know me from a certain TV property programme. What you might not know is that I trained as a surveyor and launched and ran one of the UK's first ever property search companies. In this series, I'll be using my experience to get to the heart of the biggest issues in mortgage broking. You'll hear from industry leaders, brokers, as well as Barclays' own in-house experts. We'll share insight and expertise to help you navigate the challenges, the changes and the opportunities that lie ahead for intermediaries in 2023. The new build sector in 2023 faces a number of challenges on different fronts, including a probe by the competition regulator, the Competition and Markets Authority. Now, whilst we won't be getting into too much of the politics in this episode, we did really want to take the temperature of new build for the year ahead. I spoke to Matt Aston, head of new build at Barclays, and also with James Holmere. James is the group sales director for Red Row. Great to meet you both. Thank you for coming in. Well, let's kick things off then, shall we? Um, Matt, can I come to you? How How is the new build sector looking beginning of this year? We've come through the pandemic. There's a load of different factors that are affecting the housing market, whether that's interest rates, it's cost of living, it's high energy costs. There are a lot of variables. There's a lot of moving parts out there. But where where do you feel that we're at in, in the kind of new build housing market cycle? Yeah, I feel we're in a very interesting point. Um, there's constant interest in new build and, and, and that is growing. Um, and for the key fundamentals that are impacting on the customer, mm-hmm. um, such as uh, the downward pressure on uh, income yeah. and household expenditure, the benefit that new build can bring with regards to energy efficiency. Um, so we certainly started the year with with um, high demand of interest mm. um, in that sector. So there's, a, there's a, quite a lot of interest out there. This is something I'm picking up talking to lots of different people. There's a lot of interest. There's a lot of activity. It's not necessarily transferred into deals and data yet. But it, it, is that your your thoughts as well for Red Row, James? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the interest is certainly there. Yeah. Um, for the first month or so of our trading period of uh, 2023, we've been averaging just over 0. 0.5 uh, reservations per week per outlet, which is kind of our standard industry metric we use to, okay. to, to measure sales success. Um, so that that is going to be, you know, lower than we would have experienced maybe in that previous year. Um, however, given the low base we're coming from, sure. uh, from the back end of 2022, I think it's, you know, all signs are fairly positive. Yeah, a bit more price sensitivity out there. I think there's definitely price sensitivity, but that, that can be expected with, I think, with cost of living, et cetera, yeah. and all the other challenges that are taking place outside of our marketplace. Yeah. So, you know, we just need to be aware of those sensitivities and, um, mm-hmm. you know, ensuring, particularly from Redrow's perspective, when a customer comes to us, is looking to purchase one of our homes, that we're able to, you know, furnish them with as much information as possible to allow them to make their own educated decision mm-hmm. and choice based on if they're going to buy a new home or not. Uh, and where are you at Red Row in terms of the whole cycle of, of uh, are you up to speed? Are you managing to deliver products when you wanted them to be finished by and things like that? Uh, yeah, you know, I think, again, a lot of the industry went through challenges post-COVID. There was, sure. you know... Um, supply chains of materials and cost of materials. Absolutely, yeah. Supply chains, yeah. labour uh, yeah, challenges yeah. as well. And I think a lot of that's abated. 
um, okay. you're still going to see, you know, some, it's going to be cost inflation throughout this year. You know, we are forecasting that nowhere near to the sim- to same degrees um, mm-hmm. that, that we've seen over the past couple of years, though. And fundamentally, demand was so uh, high for that post-COVID period for, you know, probably 20 months or so that has subdued to initially the back yeah. end of last year, maybe to abnormal levels and then maybe sure. the start of this year to maybe slightly more normal levels and that's always going to help. So we're fundamentally delivering our homes, you know, in line with um, Good. what we're telling our customers when they reserve. That, I mean, in in making this this series, I, I'm picking up from everybody that the market seems to be in better shape than everybody felt that it would be or expected. So there, there is a good degree of optimism about actually people are feeling okay about it. Yeah, you know, I think um, I would temper it. We're probably coming from a fairly low base at uh, <laughs> uh, the end of uh, 22. Delicately put there, James, yes. Um, so, you know, uh, any form of uptick. But but I think there's some, you know, really pleasant uh, surprises out there. Um, fundamentally, people, you know, do want to buy homes. Mm. Um, when you look at the rental market, obviously rates, rental rates are so, so high. Obviously, you know, landlords have mortgages too, a lot of them, and they've been impacted yes. by what's taken place. And, um, you know, equally, it's great to see lenders, you know, like Barclays as well, come back um, strong in this new year with some really mm-hmm. competitive rates that uh, make it a much more compelling choice for our customers sure. uh, to purchase. Good, good to hear. So, obviously, you can only speak from a red row perspective, but on the whole, you think your your competitors, the, the other major house builders, are, are feeling and, 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 and their figures are doing similar to yours? reservations are, are okay yeah you know you get it, it's uh i think on one hand it's a fairly homogenized market which which is okay but you do get nuances and you know with with us at red row we probably sell to less first-time buyers than a number of our competitors okay. we're probably more um second movers or downsizers so mm-hmm. but um fundamentally we do I, I think if there's a part of the market that maybe does need a bit more help, a bit of work. Mm. Um, it probably is first-time buyers. We'd like to see a bit more movement in that market because it, sure. it does under, unlock the whole market. Matt, how about first-time buyers uh, from a Barclays perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first-time buyers in the market in, ensures that there is a healthy housing market. Yeah. So we're keen to support the consumers. Um, it's important as well to see that they have um, sufficient access to the market. So whether that's through a, a straight standard purchase or are they utilising a scheme? So we're keen to obviously support schemes that will support that end okay. customer being able to achieve their house buying dream. Um, so we recognise the importance of first-time buyers to the market yeah. as well as the second-time buyers as well. Yeah, we all need first-time buyers. We don't have first-time buyers. The whole thing comes to a grinding halt, doesn't it? So it's, it really is important that yeah, they are motivated yeah. and able to join in the join in the fun and games. First-time buyers are having a difficult time, aren't they? Because the rents are rising. It's much harder to save for a deposit. Um, you know there, there are there are challenges they that they've got. Talking of challenges, and I've got, I've got to ask the question: Are, are we building enough homes? There's, there's been a lot of opinion about it. What's your take? Well, I, th- I suppose to, to to stick purely to facts, you know, there's been a fairly uh, long term target for three hundred thousand new homes yeah. to be uh, uh, built. Yeah, um, thereabouts on, on, on a year yearly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, that target recently has been removed. We're also coming out. If we've, you know, there's still going to be impacts of COVID um, in terms of land and supply chains that impact. 
we are probably building to half of that rate. And I would argue there's um, no leading indicators out there that tell me that we're going to be back up to 300,000 anytime soon either. Mm. Therein lies the problem. But we'll move on from that. Um, uh, rising energy bills, does that does that affect new bill? Because it, I, I would assume it makes actually your sector more attractive. Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, we've got a um, you know a very proactive industry body, uh, the Home Builders Federation, and they've recently uh, done lots and lots of research around that cost differential between uh, what it uh, costs to run a new home yeah. versus a second-hand home. And the average consumer is going to save over three thousand pounds a year in really? energy bills uh, in a new build um, in com- in comparison. So three know, grand a year—that's a big—that's a big sum. It's a lot of money, and I think the the other sort of key takeaway to focus on that as well is um, if you were to take that same second-hand home, want to uh, bring it up to the same levels of efficiency uh, yes. as a new home, yes. it's going to cost anywhere up to seventy thousand pounds to get that back in line. So you know there there's a compelling yeah. case when it comes to energy bills uh, for new build homes. Something that I've been um, thinking about recently to, to add into that is actually there's no one would chain if you buy a, a, a new build. You, you're buying from someone who is in business to sell that house. They're not going to change their mind. Suddenly decide they're not going to sell it. Then personal circumstances aren't going to alter. So that that I think in today's world is a real comfort to buyers. That it's, as long as you raise the mortgage, so long as Matt over there can can, <laughs> can lend you the money from Absolutely. Barclays, you are going to be buying that house. Yeah, I think you know once we enter into contract with yeah. you, you know we're you're buying from a. Um, a reputable, you know, we're a listed firm as well. We're governed by an ombudsman, which we yeah. uh, signed up to the end of last year. You're not going to see, once you've agreed that price, you're not going to see us coming back and saying, actually, you know, we've yeah. decided we're another 20 grand. So you're taking yourself out of that rat race of the second-hand market. I might ask you to jot that down and sign it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, obviously new build homes are built, they, they are far more energy efficient. D- does that um, come into play in the finance side of things? Do you, do you take account of that? Absolutely. The Home Builders Federation had recently issued data that confirmed that at least 85% of new homes that are delivered are meeting EPC ratings of A or B, yeah, right. uh, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And what we've also seen is that um, there's more information coming out with regards to the cost to retrofitting. Um, so the consumer now, certainly in the second-hand market, is actually seeing that uh, the there's a desire to actually improve their property, yeah. um, but actually at what cost mm. um, and how are they to finance that? So all of this has, has been wrapped up into the drive for interest into new build um, yeah. so that it's actually off the shelf and it, and it actually delivers that energy efficiency saving. Now, right. if we take that back to a lender perspective, mm. um, what you're actually seeing is such a wider choice of products aligned to energy efficiency and and what we would call the green products. So from a Barclays point of view, we launched our green products back in 2018. And it's been really successful for us, not just to actually offer competitive rates to the consumer. So there's an incentive for them to actually purchase an energy efficient property, but also for the consumer to actually understand um, this is really important. Mm. And, And we've certainly seen over the last sort of five years, the interest in those products grow and certainly the, the 
the questions that have come from the consumers mm-hmm. and certainly our own mortgage advisors and, and the broker community um, that also submit applications to us um, that they've shown a real vested interest in Good. understanding um, EPC ratings yeah. and actually what the consumer needs to be because all of this was coming down the line yes. so uh, you know we were fortunate to launch our green products at quite an early stage good i mean music music to my ears music to everybody's ears because it feels to me like in the uk we're a bit behind we've got to play a bit of catch up haven't we with other parts of the world so that that's great that's fantastic um james in terms of sustainability i know red row are are quite focused on it aren't they they've got some quite impressive plans yeah absolutely um we've recently announced that for all of our future upcoming developments um, we will be removing gas boilers from our homes and installing air source heat pumps all of them all of them so that will be our standard specification um, what what that means is the customer will also benefit from underfloor heating a standard on the ground floor Great. because it yeah. just works much more efficiently yeah. with an air source heat pump the great thing with heat pumps is they are in effect 300 um, percent more efficient than say a gas boiler yeah um, so they, they generate two kilowatts of energy for every one it consumes. Yeah. So I've got one. Oh, well, fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm preaching to the converted. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so just the, had, talk me through the detail of that. So the, the heat pump for the house owner in a development, would it be in their garden? Correct, yeah. Really? Yep, so wow. each each home has their own individual pump. Okay. Um, yeah, they have to sit externally yeah. uh, to allow them to draw the air in and to generate the heat. Um, so, and it, it'll be serviced in exactly the same fashion as you would a gas boiler wow. and looked after in the same way. So that, that's, yeah. a, that's, that's going, that's going some, I'm very impressed. I thought it might have to be a sort of development wide one. And then you get into big complications of who's, you know, no, no, very, very lucky get their own one. Yeah. So, and I think the other thing, you know, it's, we talked a little bit earlier about the retrofitting side of things. Mm. You kind of can't just plug and play, uh, these sort of heat pumps into maybe an older home. Um, you do need to yeah. enhance insulation as well. So we have this, what we call a fabric first approach to our okay. homes. So ensuring that heat loss is minimized. And then when you install a heat pump, you know, that, that then yeah. ensures the home works in a really efficient fashion. Matt, I'm putting you on the spot here, but if we, we talked about sustainability and retrofit, if somebody comes to Barclays and they want to retrofit some of these, some of these exciting innovations, could, could they get the money? Could they get the mortgage? Yeah, absolutely. There are additional borrowing options for our customers, um, obviously uh, meeting relevant underwriting and affordability checks. Uh, Oh, you're very good. But but absolutely to, uh, you know, we we do encourage our customers um, to understand the benefits and it's that support and and education that the lending community as well as the house builders can actually help support the customers through that journey. Mm -hmm. So whether they're looking to retrofit their existing property um, or they're looking to start that journey to purchase a new build property and that's something that the developers have been really positive um, and forthcoming and actually giving the consumer that information of actually what this means to them um, so they can make that informed choice. It's going down well. It certainly is. There's some great stuff happening out there, isn't there? Um, James, I mean, we're talking about great stuff. The design of new builds, traditionally, they haven't been the most creative, have they? And and it has come in for a a bit of some some criticism over the years, and I'm not sure that that's relevant anymore, is it? Um, no, I mean it's. I, I can probably speak uh, specifically about about Redrow. So over ninety percent of what we do is what we call our heritage range, which um, is 
in effect based on arts and crafts architecture. Okay. Um, so um, very and, fancy. And well, yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's been the case for some time. So I did mention earlier about this sort of homogenised market, but mm. you do get these discrepancies in products. I think for us, again, you know, we we focus maybe more on those people that are maybe more so in the secondhand market. Uh, than maybe as a comparator to people who are looking to purchase a new home uh, because, you know, we, we've got those sort of timeless exteriors um, yeah. which we know go down very, very well with people who may be, you know, looking at a 1930s home, okay. factoring the energy efficiency side of things yeah. um, as well. So, okay. yeah. Good, good stuff. Um, Matt, let's let's turn to lending if, if we can. What changes or, or trends have you seen in the new build sector over the last sort of 12 months or so? So obviously we've seen coming through the pandemic, um, the new build sector was well positioned to actually weave their way through that, um, came out of it supporting the consumers. There was such great demand yes. uh, for purchasing uh, new build. And what we did see was from a consumer's perspective, um, new build became more attractive as, as, a, as a means to purchase, to, to either get on the ladder or make that second time purchase yeah. or, even, or, or even downsize uh, because of what it could deliver. Yeah. So it's been an incredibly busy time. Yeah. Um, back end of 2022, I think the, the, the common phrase that was used was that Christmas came early. There was obviously a little bit of unsettling in the market around rates. Uh, we've seen rates start to settle down. Mm. So as we've entered 2023 and we head towards the typical house buying season of yes, spring, of um, you know, we're, we're starting to build that momentum. Um, so the demand is still there. Yeah. Um, there's always the challenges around demand and, and the supply that's actually c- pulling through. Um, but absolutely, it's, it's a really positive time for new build yeah. and seeing the con- consumer demand in wanting to buy for all of the factors that we've talked about, such as the energy efficiency, the certainty of, of the price that's being paid. Um, there's some great incentives that the house builders are actually looking to support the customers at this point in time mm. um, and ease of transaction as well um, and quality of build uh, the fact that you know the consumer is buying a property that's coming with a warranty um, and understanding that process uh, is there a um, is there a benefit to a consumer working with a broker who is operating within the new build sector on a daily basis is, is, is that a factor yeah it's a really good question Phil the from a consumer point of view then absolutely you know they've got choice of of who they actually transact their business with um there are as you as you say there are specialist new build brokers mm. that that are in the market um and i think for me that that underlines the nuances uh, that come with new build because it is a different transaction to uh, maybe a, a, a remortgage or a non-new build purchase because you've you've got uh, it's a time sensitive transaction mm. so there are deadlines to meet um there are additional paperwork if for example the consumer is purchasing through a particular affordable housing scheme um, so mm-hmm. there's many different entries into the market whether that's shared ownership um, obviously we've seen the winding down of the help to buy scheme um, there's many local authority schemes as well so actually having that expertise and support to be able to navigate through the complexities of, of okay. any particular scheme certainly is an advantage for the consumer. So on, on one hand, we're saying there, there are additional complexities, but on the other hand, we're saying actually it could be quite straightforward and simple to buy a new build because there's no one with chain, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, Phil. Do, do, you think we'll see a, do you think we'll ever see a time where there'll be a specialist lender for new build? 
I think what you've seen in the market is that the choice of products, we talked about green products earlier, the, the choice of green products has grown um, over the last couple of years. And the choice of lenders actually specialising in, in new build yeah. has grown as well. So it's just shown the importance of new build uh, for the customers, for the for the wider economy as well. Yeah. Um, and actually, there's a, there's a focus and lenders recognise mm. that it is a specialist area. There are okay. nuances and it's, it's easy to make it a comfortable journey for the customer with the right processes in place. So there we have it, the new build sector 2023. It's it's looking good. You've you both got big smiles on your faces and it's great to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming in. Really useful. Thank you, Phil. Thanks, Phil. That was Matt Aston, head of new build at Barclays, and James Holmere, who's the group sales director at Red Row. The views expressed by external guests in this podcast are their opinions only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Barclays. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Insider. I'm Phil Spencer, and this has been a Fresh Air production for Barclays. Please rate, review, and follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.